Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Latina Investors. So this episode is going to be about doing okay and how that's different than building wealth. And I'm going to share with you my experience with this journey and how it happened in my life. And then I'm going to like kind of just present to you this whole other like side of on the other side of doing okay, what does building wealth mean? And what are ways in which you could be doing more if you're kind of sitting in a place where you're like, I'm not, you know, in a whole lot of debt, I have some savings, I'm, I'm doing all the right things, but I don't really know what is beyond that. And I don't really understand like how to look at money and use money in a way that's actually building and creating for me. So I'm excited because, yeah, many of the conversations centered in the personal finance space are like taking you to the place where you're saving and you're saving consistently. But very few are talking about like, okay, when we get out of debt, when we have saved and when we're really good at it, how do we transition to like wealth building? What does that mean? How do you do it? How do you look at it? And how do you kind of approach a bigger um, goal or vision for yourself? So let me start off with a little bit of a backstory. Honestly, when I was reflecting on this, I was thinking like, was I a saver or a spender? And I'm like, yeah, I can make an argument for both. I remember when I was very young, I want to say like four years old, five years old, six, maybe even up to eight years old. I was a spender. Like my parents would tell me like, you just spend a lot. Um, and when I think about that, it's like, you know, birthday money, uh, holiday money, um, like allowance money that I got or whatever. Um, we didn't actually get allowance. <laughs> I don't know why I said allowance, but I always like when I learned about the, like, uh, when I learned about allowance, I was like, that's a thing. How fun. I just have to do my chores. <laughs> but whenever I did get birthday money or, my dad would give us money for um, going on a trip or something. Like if we were going on vacation and my mom was taking us, he'd be like, here, have some money to spend on whatever. Whether it was a weekend trip or like we were like going on a plane or whatever. Um, In those instances, I would spend money pretty fast. I remember one example specifically. Um, My dad had given my brother and I $50 to go like do something with my mom. We were like going on a trip or something and we were waiting for either the bus or the train to like go to this place. And there was a pizza stand um, at this like train station or this bus station and I got a pizza and it was a mini pizza and I got a drink and it was like $27 um, or 20 or something like that. And my brother was like, why did you do that? Like you were like our dad gave us that money so you could go spend it on like when we actually get there like you spent it on pizza and I was like "Mm, whatever (laughs) but I remember that instance because I remember the judgment that came from my brother and then my mom being like yeah you just like can't hang on to money and so I remember being like what so that was like one of my first like money memories but I remember something specifically changing when I got into middle school um, because I saw my dad doing bills at the kitchen table and I asked him like, hey, what are you doing? And so he kind of explains like, oh, like here's what bills are and I have to pay for them and I have to sign checks and we get them every month. And I was like fascinated. <laughs> and then he's like, and after I do all that and pay everybody, I have to keep some money myself. And I call this no one's money. 
And I was like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, this is money for no one. Like, we don't touch it. We don't, it's not for anyone. It's just like, you know, kept to like have, if there's an emergency that comes up, like then we have that money readily available. He was talking about an emergency fund. Like he didn't call it that, but he called it plata de nadie, like no one's money. Um, And I just remember like really hanging on to that and being like, oh, I have to like take care of everything. And then I have to like put some away for no one, for nothing. (laughs) And so that was kind of my transition to like, oh, I need to save. And that lesson stuck with me for a very long time, right? In college, I was a little lax, but I was always very cognizant to have money left over to like have a little bit of savings before my next round of financial aid. Right out of college, I knew I had to save. Um, I did an unpaid internship and I lived off my savings and I was like still kind of in the in the thought process of like, you know, even even if I'm like not generating income right now, I have to like save with the things that I buy or buy things on discount or always go on sale. Like I always was like having the mentality of like I must save. Um, and then I got another job and uh, that was paying me more. And I, you know, switched to like, okay, I have to save some every month. Um, I increased my income and then I got a side job and I saved everything that the side job gave me plus a little bit from my nine to five, right? So like I got into this like pattern and habit of like, oh, all I, like, I have to save. Even if it's just like $40 one month, like the habit of saving had gotten so strong for me that I just did it you know like I didn't question it I wouldn't um I wouldn't like um think it's bad if I only saved x amount I just was like well I'm saving we have to save we always have to build up our plata de nadie right and during this time like I knew like I had heard conversations about like uh investing or making your money work for you. And so I would Google how to make my money work for you or for work for me or how to buy stocks, right? But when I like saw the articles, like it felt so confusing because I was like, like you're you're explaining this to me with words that I don't know. And now I'm having to Google the things that I just Googled. And so it became this like, like it felt like this um, never ending um, series of questions that didn't really fully get answered. And I still was like, okay, but I don't know like what to do. Like, what do I actually do? And so I just reverted to, you know what, let me just save, right? Saving is so easy for me. It's so simple. I'm just going to do that. And so I stayed there all the way until like, I want to say my mid to late 20s, I just saved And it wasn't until I started kind of reading more personal finance books, following more personal finance accounts on Instagram, um, watching YouTube videos that I kind of was introduced to this idea of like building wealth. And I never really learned about that. So I'm going to kind of define, first of all, let's start with like defining what wealth is and also what building wealth is. Okay. So wealth, according to the Google Dictionary, um, is plentiful supplies of a particular resource. So even plentiful is like, what does that mean, right? Like everybody's plentiful is going to be different. So it's a little subjective. Um, and then wealth, another definition is an abundance of valuable possessions or money. Again, abundance is not really like a finite um, amount. Like we don't, we don't say like, oh, he has X amount of money. That means he's abundant, right? Like abundant is kind of like a state of being. 
because when I um, Googled abundant and the definition of that, abundant is a very large quantity of something. So again, like all of these, this is just also me like kind of sharing that like wealth and abundance are a little bit arbitrary and like you can experience wealth and abundance at any time in your life um, because there is no like finite things you have to do or numbers you have to hit in order for you to like have wealth and create abundance, right? So that's just like one, like kind of like an aside. Um, but then when we define wealth building, wealth building is the process of generating long-term income through multiple sources. This refers to more than just job-based income and instead includes saving, investing, and any income-generating assets. And so when I think about like wealth building, I'm like, oh, saving is one part of wealth building, but it is not everything. And so when I started thinking about that and that like concept and definition was introduced to me, I was like, oh, okay, so there's a more, right? Like maybe I am doing okay in the in the avenue of saving, but I'm not actually investing any of my money. I'm not like, you know, trying to buy income generating assets, whatever that is, right? Like I'm just saving. And so then I was like, what am I saving for, right? Like what is this money actually for? And I realized that like my savings had created this like, it was almost like this worst case scenario forecasting, right? Like my savings, the purpose and the reason and the motivation for saving was so that in the event of something bad happening, like losing my job or, you know, like an accident happening or whatever, 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 I would be okay. And I I had a moment where I was like, man, like a lot of what I'm doing is being motivated from the side of like money will create safety for me money will make sure I'm okay if xyz happens like I'll be good and I realized like I didn't want to continue to manage money from a place of like I'm scared so I need to hold on protect and hoard this resource I want to create and build from a place of like, I'm going to be okay. I know that. I believe in my abilities. I believe in my skill set. I believe in who I am. And I have a base amount of financial security here. And now I want to build. Now I want to like move forward and like see what else is on the horizon that I can use my savings and my resources in order to create, you know, the life that I want. And so a really, really important question that I ask myself is, what is this money for, right? Like if I'm saving it, what do I actually, like what am I saving for, right? Because for the longest time, I was just like, we're just saving. We're just, it's for no one. It's better than that. We just have to save it. <laughs> and, and when I asked myself, like, what is this money for? I began to see myself as like a builder and not like a protector or hoarder right and I think like that was such a big identity shift for me because I was like I'm not going to use this resource to plan for the worst case scenario I'm going to use this resource to build a life that I love and build a life full of freedom and options and opportunities at a level that my parents just didn't have 
and I'm going to like have fun doing this. I'm going to like enjoy the process and I'm just going to like, you know, set myself up so that if these things do happen, like I'm taken care of, but I'm not going to live and build and create from there. I'm going to build and create and live from a place of vision and dreams and goals, right? And so when I asked myself, what is this money for? For me, some of the things that I answered was going on vacations with friends and family, like seeing like all that there is to see in the world, right? Like understanding different cultures, going to visit different countries, like really just like exploring and seeing was a huge value of mine. The other was like, I want to be able to walk into retirement knowing that I'm covered, knowing that I can take care of myself. My children don't have to take care of me. I'm not going to be a burden on anyone. Like I know that my money is set up to care for me. The other thing is like, I want to be able to take care of my parents when they can no longer work, right? Like I saw the sacrifices they made. I know um, all that, you know, they, they did for me and my brother. And I want to be able to help and support them as they're aging and can no longer work. And how will I do that? Oh, I'm, I'm going to need money to like help them out to like, you know, just like support them. So that's another reason and a purpose for the money. Short term, I was like, I want to have money to save for a wedding, right? Like I want to enjoy that. I want that to be like a, a uh, exciting chapter in my life and also a honeymoon and travel for that. Um, I want to be able to buy my first home. Um, I want to do that, like not stressing out, like understanding the finances of it, understanding like what type of mortgage can I support? Um, At what level can I support it while still being able to have money available for wealth building, right? Um, I also wanted to use money to launch my business and do it full time, right? And kind of use the resource to create a stepping stone for me to to venture into like a... um, a dream and a goal that I've had for a long time. And so like there is so much purpose for money. And when we get to a place of like seeing ourselves as builders, as wealth builders, then we are more likely to use our savings as a resource to create as opposed to seeing our savings as a resource to protect. And that shift is so, so important because when you like detach in a healthy way from like I'm a saver to oh wait I'm a saver and I'm an investor and I'm a wealth builder then you're actually going to be able to put your money in places where it's working and it's growing for you and you will start to see that it's actually necessary for you to take your savings out of your savings and put it to work in order to hit all the goals that you want to hit. So for example, this was like a very like real time example for me of like what would be required of me in order to create what I wanted to create. So when I started thinking about like, okay, if I want to retire and still be able to like, quote unquote, take home $80,000 a year, what would I like need to do right like this is this was a question that had never been posed to me it never had been like um talked about and so when I was like consuming content reading books I realized like okay once I stopped working like at age you know 55 60 65 whatever age I decide I'm still going to need money to provide for myself right like I'm still gonna need money to pay mortgage, pay the insurances, all of the things. Like life doesn't stop just because I'm no longer working. 
Like I'm going to still need the resource of money. In order for me to create a scenario where I am still taking home, like I, I put taking home in quotes because at this point I'm not working, right? But I'm still bringing in a salary of $80,000 a year. It means that I have to have $2 million of a like invested assets that I can like pull and, and create that 80K a year from, right? I'm just giving you these numbers if you want to kind of understand more. I can do another episode on like the Trinity study and like how the like how you're picking these numbers. But for the purposes of this episode, just like follow me on that. If I want 80K a year in retirement, that means I need to hit a financial independence number of 2 million. Okay. So when I saw that, I was like, whoa, $2 million? What? So I went ahead and did the math and I was like, okay, if I were to save two million dollars what would that require of me today so i divided two million divided by 30 years because that's you know in 30 years i'm gonna retire and then i divided that by 12 to see how much would i need to save every single month in order to hit that goal and the answer was five thousand five hundred and fifty five dollars per month in order to hit two million in 30 years and i was like dang that's a lot <laughs> So then I was like, all right, how much will I need to invest in order to hit that number? And when I ran the numbers again, the number was $1,500 a month. And I was shocked. I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is, this is crazy. Like, me investing pretty much lowers the amount of money I have to bring in, right? So if we do 5555 divided by 1500 that's almost four times, 3.7. In order for me to just use the tool and skill and vehicle of savings, I have to create 3.7 times more income in order to do that. Whereas if I'm investing, I can get farther faster because I'm using a different vehicle. And I, and I like remember seeing this for the first time and having this like aha light bulb moment where I was like, oh, there is more. There is more than just doing okay. There's more than just saving. There's more than just protecting. Like I need to now think about building, creating, right? And like I, I have this like, you know, I, I, when I had this like aha epiphany moment, I was like, okay, I am my first money-making asset, right? Like my brain, my skill set, my experience, like I am going to generate a lot of income for myself based on all those things. And, and it's going to be primarily the biggest source of um, income, right? Because of like what I bring to the table. And I have to create more money-making assets or vehicles by leveraging my savings. This, for me, was so like, like a, such an aha moment where I was like, oh, the income that I bring is like on me, right? Like I like whether it's my nine to five, I have to sharpen my skills, get a certification. Um, you know, be confident in what I bring to the table, my experience, like all those things, like who I am creates how much money I bring in, how much money I bring in allows me to 
save a portion of that, that savings I can then use to create more money-making vehicles, right? And those money-making vehicles can be a combination of things, but three main vehicles are investing in the stock market, uh, buying real estate, or um, bringing uh, or starting a side business, right? Those are the three vehicles that I can use my savings for to go out and create more money-making vehicles. Um, so it just was a moment where I was like, oh, I don't want to just do okay. Like I'm, I want to build wealth. I want to create like new ways of earning money that aren't necessarily attached to me being at my nine to five or trading my time for uh, money, right? Trading my experience and knowledge for money. I want to find other ways that aren't directly tied to me producing because at some point I want the freedom to not produce. I want the freedom to stop working, to rest, and to just be knowing that money is being created and generated because I used and leveraged my savings to do that. And this concept is revolutionary, especially for first-gen women of color slash Latinas who are like, you know, coming from like an immigrant household where your parents likely taught you this narrative of like, we work hard. And trust me, I know I've seen my dad and I've seen my mom work from the morning to night. They are working. And and I received the message, if you work hard, you will get money. That is, that is what I saw. That is what was told to me. My first job out of college, I was making $22,000 a year. I worked. I made sure I was there on time for the first year. After the first year, I was like, hold up. <laughs> this is a little slus. I'm going to start evaluating all these definitions. But for the first year, I remember hearing my dad's voice when I was like being lazy at the job, quote unquote, like when I wasn't like creating work um, because I was told hard work equals money, right? But if you're a first-gen immigrant, I want you to not just only focus on that definition. I want you to now see, oh, there's actually more. We can expand beyond just working for money and instead also tap into, and money is now working for us, right? We're putting it in the stock market, so it's growing. We're buying real estate to create cash-producing assets. We're starting side businesses to generate revenue in addition to our nine-to-five income. We're utilizing credit and credit cards to reap bonuses and benefits um, that are going to help us create more. And we're putting our money, we're putting our savings in safer investing vehicles and, um, you know, like more risky investing vehicles in order to diversify your growth and allow you to, you know, create that security while also growing wealth. We're learning about tax strategies that help you lower your taxes and also build wealth. We're learning about insurances and how they can keep us protected and safe even when life happens, right? And to me, this is what it, we, you know, do beyond just doing okay. Saving and, and just continuing to save is fine. Like you're doing okay, but there's so much more on the other side when you start kind of like thinking about everything that you can do and build. So our greatest gift, this is my opinion, our greatest gift to our immigrant parents is to thrive with money, not just do okay. And that might mean doing things that for them would be too risky or be too like would be gambling, right? 
And I think we just need to have compassion for like, hey, I get it. This is coming from your lived experience. This is coming from what you know and understand. And you you brought me here to expand me to new possibilities and new goals and new visions. And that requires that I change the way we think about money. It requires that I do things differently than we did. And it requires that I start like gaining skills that like my community and my family just maybe didn't have before me right? Because that's what's going to allow you to walk into the future feeling really good because you're like, oh, I, I'm actually building wealth. I'm not just like doing okay, right? You don't want to walk into retirement with 100K in cash to your name because 100K is not going to last you 30 years of retirement. But you know what will last you 30 years of retirement? A seven-figure portfolio, That's what's going to take care of you and your family long term. That's what's going to put you in a position where you're not stressed about money when your money is taking care of you. So you have more peace, more options, more freedom. (sighs) Something I get really passionate about because I, I genuinely want everybody in my community, like Hispanics, um, women of color, Latina, like I just want all of us to be able to go beyond what was taught to us right um we don't have the the background where like some people like just know and understand this stuff because their parents did right like i i am going home for thanksgiving and i want to sit down with two or three of my cousins and that are has started working and being like all right sit like sit down we're gonna open a roth ira i'm not like set up your investments right i can do that and their experience with money is going to be a little different than mine because they're going to already have somebody who guides them and mentors them and has, is already like passing down different ways to think about money in ways that I just didn't have. And that's okay. That's like good. That's like the reason why, you know, our parents came to a new country with new opportunity and new vision. Um so yeah, I just wanted to share that with you because I think there's there's a lot of safety and I'm doing okay, but there's a lot that you're missing if you just stay there. So if right now you have been a saver and you feel like, you know, I'm doing okay, take that as a sign that there's more. Don't stop at doing okay. I offer a one-on-one money coaching program specifically for super savers, which are your first-gen women of color slash Latinas that are like really great at saving but you don't really know what to do beyond that. And even though you're good at saving, you're, you're still feeling stressed and anxious with money, right? Like you're still kind of like, ooh, I don't, is, I'm not sure, I can't spend, like there's still a little bit of like anxiety around it. And I want you to feel more freedom and step into like your builder era, right? Like you spent a lot of time in your I'm a saver era and now it's time to build wealth. So if you want to go from saving and hoarding money to using it to build a life that you love, create more opportunities, create more options for you, um, head to the link in my bio at building.gen.wealth on Instagram or the description below to book a call to learn more about one-on-one money coaching. But I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Um, this is uh, Thanksgiving week. So I hope you enjoy time off, rest, um, spend time with your family, loved ones, friends, community, and I'll see you next week. Bye.